I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're tuned to live coverage of the 2023 NFL Combine. On Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and this is the uh, drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, well, we're back for hour two here of our ongoing coverage. We're uh, closing out the day here. That Wes uh, Euler uh, here to my right started the day off today at nine a.m. Yeah, he's our leadoff hitter. After our uh, stop at Giordano's last night to uh, ingest. Massive amounts of pizza. Um, <laughs> deep dish pizza. The deep really dish good, pizza. Right? Somebody needs to open one of those in, in uh, Pittsburgh. In my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all that <laughs> money you're like, making, you should open oh, one yeah. yourself. I'm rolling in it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a free time, too, just to run a restaurant. <laughs> we could do the drive from there, though, every night. Yeah. See absolutely. if we can get up to 800 pounds. There you go. Cool. That's right. It'd be happening real quick. Real quick. <laughs> Uh, but there are lots of good pizza joints in, in of course. Pittsburgh as well. Uh, they just aren't Chicago deep dish. No, it's a treat. That's something we do here every year. Yeah. We have a couple of traditions nowadays. Tony Pauline, Greg Cosell, deep dish pizza, you know, yeah. right? Amongst others. Amongst others. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't mention on the air. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Matt, um, things really, you know, we're Thursday here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're finally kicking in, though. Yeah. Like, th- as we speak, drills are about to start. This has been, like, drills started earlier than this last year, right? I think so. I think we had drills thought, Wednesday night. That's where we got confused. With, that's why I'm confused about the whole thing. Like, I didn't think it t- took us four days before we actually saw athletic stuff yeah, or right. heights and weights. I mean, I feel like we're, we're sitting here going over the same stuff over and over again mm-hmm. because we haven't seen anything on the field yet. No. It's, we're, we're excited that they're, they're releasing some heights and weights now. Mm-hmm. And know? the week's more than halfway over. Yeah. You know, but that's the way it works. It works out for me, too, though, being home to watch a lot of the NFL Network stuff. You know, and not being on the air and all that. And, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. But I can't wait to watch real stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, you know, I've watched football drills year-round, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching all football practices isn't as stuff. exciting as you think. But <laughs> when you haven't seen one for a while, yeah. <laughs> you know. I always get that. Uh, you get to go to all the practices. <laughs> yeah, I get to go to all the practices. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching the Super Bowl every day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not quite as exciting as yeah. you, as you think. If you see one every t- one, once every ten years, they're pretty exciting. But yeah. every day, they're not as you know. I do. It up as you I think. do like to listen when I'm doing those things. No, I'm sure. And I'm not just standing there watching, but I'm listening to what the coaches are trying to tell the players, mm-hmm. or how they're trying to goad the players into a little more 
action, yeah, yeah. those yeah. kind of things. So, uh, recently retired John Mitchell was always you see it was phenomenal. Oh, right, you right. just go over and listen to Mitch for about ten minutes, just like a drill sergeant with those guys, mm-hmm. and just you, you know, get just, to get learn all their coaching styles, yeah, and right, why they work well or don't, you know. So I, uh, when when Mitch retired, I, I called and talked to a couple of his guys. I talked to Aaron Smith. Uh, I talked to uh, to Chris Hoke about his style of coaching. Okay. And this brings me to where we come for the draft here. Mitch believed with the with these with his linemen that you bring them in, you break them down, and then reteach them everything. Okay, that's similar because I'm a big believer. I, I like what Michael Lombardi has to say a lot, and I listen to his podcast. I read his his first book. He's got another one coming out. He had a very interesting, you know, introduction into the league. He came in driving around Bill Walsh every day. And then he got hired with Al Davis. And then he was Bill Belichick's right-hand man. So he learned football from those three men. So I'll listen to Mike Lombardi. And he always says the best defensive line coaches are kind of the opposite of the best offensive line coaches. Not that Max offensive linemen are so much smarter than defensive linemen, <laughs> but it's much more of a cerebral position. <laughs> However, Lombardi often says the best D-line coaches are the circus trainer with the chair and the whip with lions everywhere. And he's got to get them all lined up and get them to eat the opponent in the, the proper manner. And best of luck with that, you know. <laughs> Max, says, Max says you never hear an offensive line group, uh, group no, no. described like that. <laughs> How I always hear no, The offensive is, line group uh, line uh, room is are the ones with the chair and the whip. That's <laughs> How I hear offensive, the best offensive line coaches are, they're like mushrooms. You keep them in the dark and you feed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them do their yeah, – keep them in the basement and right. But, they're, yeah, I mean, so so Mitch believed that, you know, you, you, you could be as talented as you all get harness go, that. But you got to harness it and, and get that funneled in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And That's in the right, Yeah, and it isn't easy to do because they've been taught their entire life to do it this way. Right. And now you're now you're reteaching. Well, here's what we want, mm-hmm. and so that that's that's not easy. It kind of correlates with Jalen Carter being in the news because yeah. he's a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. But if the rumors are true about he's immature, or we have to keep an eye on him, or he loves gaming too much and gets away with all of his immense talent, frankly, he's not at all unique. I mean, yeah, that position maybe more than any in the in football is made up of really freaky human beings. Like the three years I did recruiting at Pitt, if you looked across the national rankings of D-tackles, there was like five every year that were, wow, he's 6'5", he's 330, he runs amazing. They all go to Bama, they all go to Georgia, they don't come to Pitt, you know. I mean, we were talking the other day how Henderson and Hainsworth were together and Rodgers and Hampton and Stroud and and Seymour, you know. They all go to the same schools. So what I'm going with this is those guys are the freakiest of the freaks. They can develop so many bad habits and still take the guy in front of them and throw him out of the way and disrupt the quarterback. So yeah. the Mitches They're of the, the world. They're the bouncers in the bar. No, right, yeah, like, right, right. Yeah. So Coach Mitch probably had to break a lot of bad habits with the chair and the whip before you could learn the 3-4, you know, especially yeah. because they didn't do that in college. So that's one thing. So the Steelers have Carl Dunbar, their defensive mm-hmm. line coach now, who trained great, under who trained under John yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. Like he works not just with the defensive linemen now, but with the edge rushers. Okay, and yeah. developing what we talked about yesterday—that get off, that get off. Right. I wonder. I hadn't thought of that, but because he does both. 
does a Liao-like prospect appeal to them more? And I don't think Liao's going to stay outside, but yeah. a year ago he did all the above, and he did some with the Steelers. I think his future's inside. Yeah. But, they but that was more out of necessity. It was. You know, it was. Because, but at A&M, he lined up on his feet sometimes. Right, yeah. So I just think they'd be more interested in those players than they were 10 years ago. I think, like, so last year at this time, we're talking about Leal when we did our, our triple take stuff. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he was in our every, all of our top fives. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was on all the lists before yeah. his senior year. Right. Highly recruited. Considered right. a first-round draft guy. In fact, mm-hmm. I, think if, I think if you look back to the uh, – I want to say it was Daniel Jeremiah's – post-2021 mock draft. Right. Or McShay's or yeah. all those way too early He had drafts. Leal going to the Steelers that year in the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and that, a lot I mean, of people have him in top ten yeah. and things like that. I mean, he was a highly decorated guy. There's a lot of talent there. So it's funny. We, I don't know if we bring his name up enough when we talk about the D-line needs and things. Yeah. He, he could take a nice step forward this year and not – Well, that'll be the expectation. Sure. Yeah. Not that he would replace the Joby role, but he might. You know, I'm not yeah. saying he necessarily will do that. But at, if he's at the, the very least, inside, he's maybe in your he's in your rotation mm-hmm. on if a regular three basis. Three interior guys that are high quality, and Cam gets to play 10 percent less snaps or whatever. That would be good for all. Yeah, I mean, ideally, I think that's what they should be looking mm-hmm. to do here, uh, because let's face it, Cam's not getting any younger. No, you need uh, to. You know, if I can take his snap count from 85 percent. Mm-hmm. Down to seventy five percent. Everybody's happy. Yeah, I'm going to get better cam late in games, and that's what I want. As well as late in season when you're hopefully in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, right, right, right. right. And maybe you get extra year out of him on the back end of his career. Yeah, who knows? Because I, I mean, he keeps himself in great shape, and he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. But I don't want him to hit right. that wall. And he plays through more injuries than we probably know, and you know all yeah. those things as well. You know, but no, you want him around. So yeah, I'm very interested in this defensive tackle group as a whole me too adding somebody whether that be in the first round whether that be with pick 32 whether that be with pick 49 mm-hmm. or even 80 so who's on in the defensive line room it's cam it's liao Loudermilk, adams anyone else under contract i'm missing no i think that's it i think it's four right yeah because wormley and, and ogan joby are both they're both up yeah so would you expect at least one free agent signing at least one draft pick, if not more. Well, that would give you that gets you to seven. Well, you got four now, right? Oh no, you're right. So that would get you to six. So you have to get the six. They right. usually keep. Six. They usually keep six. And then you could do a Davis late round pick type guy or something like that. I mean, I, I would like to go into camp with seven. NFL, really in the mix. NFL, yeah, NFL yeah, guys. Because yeah, yeah. one might get hurt or, yeah. you know what I mean, or you could trade one or whatever. And maybe Warmly's at seventh and he's just on the back burner until you need him. But I would think you add two from those plus those four. Yeah. And chances are it's not both free agents or both draft. Yeah. You know, I think when, maybe you know, one of each. One of each makes yeah. sense. Right. Um, bring back Ogan Joby in a second-round pick or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, There's that, options. That just makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, I, I look at that. I mean – just as big a need maybe as linebacker. Maybe you do the same thing at line, off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you draft one and then you, you sign a free agent. Yeah. Um, it's all easy said. All, it's all easy to talk about today. And yeah. You know, it's better than I do even. is. But those two seventh-round picks really don't even count. You know, like you're not filling in the well, here's those a, here's, So here's the thing about those picks. Mm-hmm. So I know 17 is not going to move. 32 is not going to move. 49 is going to move. I'll get there. 49 is going to be 49. 
80 is going to be 80 because that's in the third round. But pick 120 that they have right yeah. now when the compensatory picks come out. Oh, yeah. Is it going to end up being 129? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those seventh-round picks are going to be 20 spots lower than what they are right now. Yes. Once the compensatory picks come in. But where I'm going with this is those two sevenths, hey, you have to draft a D-lineman. Hey, you have to draft a linebacker. Those two don't really count. You know, like, yeah. they will be football players. They may end up being wonderful human beings and great, you know, Steelers forever. But you don't use those seven. You hit on picks, one of know. those once, once every Right. Five or six years, if you're doing well, yeah, you don't make that pick and be like, "Well, we filled our nose tackle need." Right. You know, yeah, boy, right. We got starting guard. You know, so all the picks before that are what? There's six of them. Before that, there there are five. how many total picks are there? There's they seven got seven total. total. So they really have five picks. They have five positions to address as currently constructed, and we want a corner, maybe a safety, a linebacker, a D lineman, potentially an edge guy. I'm I'm lobbying for a tight end. Better draft an offensive lineman or so. Yeah, like it doesn't all fit. It, it never does. That's you know? why to me that right. that pick at 32, if I can if I can move back to 35, mm-hmm. to somewhere in that 35 to 40 range, and still get a guy that I that, that I desire to get there. Sure. But also pick up maybe an additional pick or two in this year's draft, and maybe even something next year. Oh yeah. I'm interested. I'm very interested at 17 as well. You know, I mean, you're you're less interested than I am at 17, and I think it's much easier to deal 32 and 17 because I have 24 hours to do it. You have more minutes. time to work at it, yeah. But people always ask for first round pick. I mean, I'm just more interested to trade down with my top two picks, certainly than trade up. I, I just think at 17, there's going to be somebody there that you really like, mm-hmm. and you're probably just going to draft him. It's more likely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to 32 where I've got all night to think about it, and I've got 10 teams on the phone, mm-hmm. and they're all bidding against each other. Well, that's what you hope, and and, and, I think there's a good and now I can that. now right. I can get premium picks out of it and say, oh, hey, you know, because thirty two is thirty two, thirty two in every other year mm-hmm. is a first round draft pick. But I also envision a scenario where you and I go home, and there's a text on my phone when I wake up saying, I've been thinking about this all night, and I can't believe this guy's available at thirty two. You just take him. They'll be, you know what I mean? They'll like, be. I bet, I bet you, because we'll do we'll do a list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of the best remaining best available remaining. guys. There's going to be ten guys there, of course, at 32 that we. But there might be one of those ten that's wow, he shouldn't be there. There might be, you know, there and might then be. that's a good thing. You that's take a good, yeah, that, yeah. That's somebody that somebody wants to trade up to get. Mm-hmm. Or you just run to the podium and say thanks. You, know, you might, you know. I, 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 I just know, think just I, I, think I think in the grand scheme of things, I'm more interested in moving and acquiring more picks with that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm open to both, but we're, we're swimming the same. Because I think yeah. you, you know you do have more. And, and they'll take care of some of these holes in free agency. Well, the other thing no one ever thinks about, too, is your roster isn't set the day the draft's over. Right. You still can add three still, or four quality yeah, players. Absolutely. Because people are still cutting guys to get the draft picks under there, and you have a little bit of I mean, cash. They signed over. Ogan Joby right before training camp last year. Right. When was Edmund signed? Wasn't he right around the draft or the day before, the day they after? They signed KZ the day after the, the draft. The day after, right. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a quality dude. Right. You know, so there's a lot of You got of guys time. that played a lot of snaps for you after the draft. You don't go to camp tomorrow. Right. Right, right. So. But what the Steelers have always liked to do is have those holes filled before they go into the draft. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at that. Yeah. But the way these draft picks are set up is different than most years. Usually they have number 20, number 20 in the second round, number 20 in the third round. Yeah. You know, now they have this or desert 27 or, you know, yeah. 57. And, you know. See, I look at this as a five-pick draft, not a seven-pick draft. And if I could turn those five-pick draft into six or seven 
real picks, that would be great. You That's know, what I'm what, saying. Like, we all yeah. agree on that. If right? I can, you know, if I can turn that, if I could turn 32 into 38, mm-hmm. and then and 46, or, or 38 and and you know, whatever 117, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it works out to. I'm I'm all in on that. Yeah, yeah. If I could have turn my five picks into first top 120, into Six picks in the top 130. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's in this the draft, cards. This draft is deep enough. And I think that's the place you want to shop. That I'm too. interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, again, who knows who, what the first 31 are? Who knows what the first 16 are? There may be no man's land. But you might be, boy, I like six of these guys. But in the other thing to think about with this, Matt, is that at 32 you'll know what everybody else has already done Oh, there's more information in the first round. Right, right, right. So you know, teams already you know that if right. that team ahead of you already took a cornerback, they're probably not going cornerback again in the first round or in the second round. Right. If they want to move up to that pick, they're not going to get. They're not going to take another cornerback. And going into the draft, every team, except for the very bad teams, will be narrowed down to three positions yeah. or so, and then by that time, they'll be down to two. You know, so if they're trading up, they probably want this guy. Or, you know, right. I mean, You'll have a pretty good idea who right. they want to come up. You can even ask. That doesn't mean they're going to tell you. Right. Well, who, are you, who are you coming up to get? Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to tell you. But I always you... wondered if that happens or not amongst on, on draft day trades. Because if I, I'll be like, if there's a well, quarterback there, you know. See, I, if I were the, the, the team ha- trading up, I'll be like, I'll tell you as soon as you finalize the deal. Yeah. I'm not telling you before, yeah. but as soon as the deal's fine, I'm like, oh, I'm coming up for CJ. Well, that's you know, so. When the Steelers made the trade move back with uh, with Kansas City. Kansas City was pretty sure that the Steelers were going to take Larry Johnson, the running back. Right, that's Troy year. Okay. And the Steelers were all they, they were in, locked in on Troy. Mm-hmm. They were coming up to take Troy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know for a fact they were very interested in Larry Johnson that yeah. year because I was actually next door and some people told me or yeah. saw the board. But that's who Kansas City thought that they were trading up to get. And lo and behold, the Steelers were moving up to get Troy Polamalu, and Kansas City got Larry Johnson. I didn't thought of it from their angle, yeah. so they were thrilled. Right. I mean, looking back, you'd rather have Troy than Johnson, no matter who, what team you were. But at the time, the Chiefs were like, I got to move back, and I got my guy. <laughs> and you got to go. Right, 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 right. And Johnson was a good player, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, he just wasn't Troy. No. In the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame, but right. <laughs> no, the draft's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's always the intrigue part of this. But mm-hmm. you have to kind of think these things through like you're playing chess. Yeah. I always call it a choose-your-own-adventure books. Like, if we make this pick. We're down that road now. There's no going back. Well, see, that's the other thing about this draft. So, if you go defensive tackle in the first, let's say you take Brisset Mm -hmm. in the first with with 17. Well, now you're out of the defensive tackle market. Right. Now you're probably going defensive back at at 32 or offensive line. Better be address a corner pretty quick then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you do want to get one of those top guys, and the world knows it. And the world knows it. And Mm -hmm. everybody else is in that same market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if if Brisset or whoever. is clearly a big gap, like we were talking about with Tony, from the other D-tackles, but the corners are all similar. Of course, you like some better than others. Go for it. Yeah. The Maryland corner might be my fourth guy. He might be. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm taking him to 17. I'm gonna, so Mike Tomlin uh, might know a little bit about the Maryland corner, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Banks is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dino Tomlin was there for the last uh, four years yep. before yeah. transferring to Boston College this year. So he yeah. would know a lot all about, all kinds of insight about that, guy. that guy. So mm-hmm. And I guess he'll test really well. And, yeah. Yeah. I like what Tony said about it. And I've liked him all along. But he's starting to stand out as my four. He might run really well, too. He might run really and well. And he's 6'2". Two. And he's 6'2". Yeah. yeah. Um, so, player. yeah, there's there's lots of those guys available in this year's draft. You mentioned Cam Smith, 
running well in this mm-hmm. draft. That's the first time I've heard somebody thinking Cam Smith is going to yeah, run. Yeah, I haven't heard much reports on that, that he's going to light it up or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's been on these lists forever. But interesting. I don't know if I'm in at 17 with him. But, yeah. I mean, if it were a trade down to 25, I'm interested. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Steelers fans, the Steelers media platforms are loaded with great Steelers Combine content all week long. Visit Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app to hear live and on-demand SNR audio content, exclusive one-on-one video interviews with key decision makers, and daily editorial coverage. The team also has great throwback Combine workout highlights on current Steelers for you to check out. That's all this week on the Steelers media platforms. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Live from Indianapolis, this is the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly. He is Matt Williamson, and I am multitasking. Yeah, all these talk. times are coming in now. We got the, Heights uh, and weights and all sorts of stuff NFL going on. NFL Combine tracker here. Let's uh, Tracking wow, okay. all NFL Combine news. Let's check well, out what they've like got on here. This is a good time to Because as, as I can see on the TV all the way across the hall there, we don't have a TV close to us here. Mm-hmm. Um, I see big guys running down there. Uh, okay. So it looks like uh, Texas defensive lineman uh, Moro Ajomo ran a 5-1-2 unofficial. That's good. Uh, Penn State big def- interior guy. Penn State defensive lineman uh, PJ Mustafer <clears throat> ran a 5-4-5-40 unofficially. Uh, Kalijah Kansi came in at 4-7-8. Really good. I mean, for yeah. an ED tackle, really good. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's even capable of better. Yeah, you know, I'm I really want to see his three cone too. No, I'm sure they'll be great. Yeah, his jumps will be good. I mean, yeah. he's explosive, explosive get off guy. Uh, Baylor defensive lineman uh, Siaki Ika five four five unofficial. Fine, that doesn't yeah, bother. Yeah, right, right, right. And he's, he's a true eater. Right. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Gervin Dexter out of Florida. What did he do? Five flat. Hmm. Remember, he's six six. Okay. <laughs> and we didn't have a weight for him, but I'm sure he was well over three hundred pounds. Max, are you happy with Gervin Dexter with a five zero flat? Yeah, it's pretty good, huh? I mean, he's 6'6 six, six ish or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Five flat. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Big defensive tackle there. Uh, Alabama defensive lineman DJ Dale at 5'3, uh, unofficial. Okay. I think he's more nose ish. Yeah. Keandre Coburn out of uh, Texas, 5'2, 6. Mm, I don't know much about him, but I didn't, know there was, I didn't realize there was two D tackles here from them. Yeah, uh, Gerard Clark from Coastal Carolina, 5'3, 4. Brian Brisset. What did he do? Four nine three, nice, very nice. That's more than solid. Enough. Yeah, yeah. That's more than checks the box. Yeah, is, you know. I think that's fine. that's right around where Cam was. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Uh, again, I I just keep. Uh, so I'm going to call up Cam Hayward's. Yeah, I was curious. Combine that stats. Cam Hayward combine. See what we got here. It's Cam Hayward combine. There we go. His prospect profile. Yeah, it these are always fun to, to look at too because you get the. Uh, the 11-year-old picture of Cam now. Yeah, and, and Zerline's right up usually is in there. I don't know if he was doing 11 years ago or not. But, yeah, you know, so. But they'll tell you all his numbers. Yeah, okay. So, he measured, He came in at 6'5", 294. Okay, what was, Brisset was about that. 6'5", 298. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. They have the, looks like he did not run here, but he had a 30-inch vertical. Remember back in those days, Ohio State's track was so super fast. So none of the Ohio none State of the Ohio guys State ran caves, here. right? Yeah. Right. Um, kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Strength. Hayward is very strong with a great frame. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that Check. checks it off. Quick off the ball, delivers, delivers a violent punch to jar offensive lineman, shows good hand technique to slip blocks. Yep. Okay. Remained, remained this case. Plays with sound leverage and anchors effectively in the running game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versatile athlete who can play multiple positions along the defensive line. Yeah. Four-year starter and very durable. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All, yeah. <laughs> Weaknesses. I, I remember some people, because times are different. I mean, that was, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. The versatility thing, not everyone looked at as a strength. You know, especially yeah. if you were a 4-3 was, do I really want to line him up at D-tackle time after right, time? Right. Or is he athletic enough to be an edge and that benefit the Steelers? Okay, here are his uh, combine res- or his uh, pro day results. Okay. Uh, looking here, uh, he was 294 to, in his pro day. Uh, arm length, uh, he did a 492. Similar? Almost identical. Right, right, right. right. Very similar. <laughs> Almost identical. Uh, it, weaknesses. Does not have the burst to consistently get after the quarterback or make plays from the backside. I mean, he wasn't the twitchiest guy in the yeah. world. Right, right, right. Plays with a narrow base at times and can be pushed out of the play. Yeah. All these guys have stuff to work on, and he. Yeah. Got, I'm not saying he's right or wrong with the, the write up, but he's. Uh, obviously gotten better as a player yeah. since then. Takes too long to recognize screens and draws and gets caught up field too often. Well, he's fixed that. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best guys. Yeah. Figure, you know, And that absolutely screens. could be a Ohio State scheme thing. Yeah. A lot of those big just time get up schools field. just say, deal with screens and draws and things like that on the way. We get path. a bunch of athletes behind yeah, you. They'll, they'll run that guy up, down. You know? Yeah. And then finally, a bit inconsistent <clears throat> with his play. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. He's still growing, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the Steelers got him and Late in the first round. Yeah, in an excellent draft class. Yeah, in a very, one yeah. of the all-time, one of the great all-time draft, draft, draft classes. Right. So if you look at uh, the write-ups on the Brisset, um it's going to be the, – the, They are similar. I mean, the body type is similar. Athleticism is going to be mm-hmm. very similar. 40 time. It would yeah. just, just happened is similar. Right. Um, We've so, been saying that all along, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. if, you want, if you're looking for a mentor, could you ask for one better than Hayward? Yeah. Absolutely not. Hey, you kids, know? you got to run to the ball constantly. That yeah. kind of stuff. You know, you can. This is how you're professional. This is how you get the most out of your abilities. You know, this is how you deal with off the field stuff. This is how you deal with the community. You know, all those things. So I'm just Locker looking room. here. Where is Bruce here on this chart? I'm looking up Lance Zierlein's right up on him this year. Hmm. They're not always out yet. I mean, it's... they're out. Oh, are they? Yeah. Is every right up out? Uh, a lot of them are. They don't have them quite. The way they usually do where they're ranking. So, 6'5", okay. 305. We came in at 298. Um, mm-hmm. he got, they got his 493, a 171-10-yard split on that. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best I've ever heard, but it's good. Um, so that must have just came out. Too. Strength, broad but athletic build. Plays instinctive football in tight quarters. Processes blocking schemes and attacks with smart hands. Takes long, loose strides to defeat reach blocks uh, laterally. Can withstand double teams and and keep the gap snug. Plays past the blocker with his eyes and focus. Maintains his run fits against uh, move blocks. Moving target as an interior rusher. Stutter steps and strikes with altered pace. Nice. Uh, Pocket pusher when he gets to jump. Uh, Weaknesses. Uh, College production does not jump off the page. Okay. That's true. Uh, Will uh, slip the block and lose gap leverage at times. Again, that's something you can learn Mm -hmm. to not do. Uh, range as a tackle maker is average. Rush approach is linear and unsophisticated. Unable to flip his hips and get skinny around the edge. Well, you're not going to play on the edge all that right, often. Right, right, right. But they uh, line him up there, so yeah. it's worth noting. And then suffered an ACL tear September 2021. Shoulder surgery in January January of 2022. Mm-hmm. So there's two things in that scouting report, and Lance does a great job, that don't that, – that are – one was a negative, one was a positive. Was one is – 
he's excellent at looking past the blocker into the backfield. Yeah. What they mean by that is, okay, I'm engaged with this. TJ TJ's really good at that. Cam's great at Cam's it. Great. I mean, like, it's a stealer trade for sure. You know, you're, you're watching your blocker with your – you're not staring at the blocker, like locked right. in on him. You're watching what's going on behind the blocker. I have this 330-pound nasty human being that's unbelievably powerful trying to put me on my back, <laughs> but I'm still looking at the quarterback in the backfield yeah. action. I still know where, where the ball is going. And I'm still hand-fighting yeah. him, and I'm doing this too. Like, that's hard to do. But then the weakness was occasionally – Get slipped by the blocker, well, because yeah. it's hard to do both. You know, what I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and you'll get better at it, of course. But it'll be against better people, of course. Yeah, you know. So interesting. One knock I've heard on Brisset as a player, which I think is valid, is, and I guess probably the same was true at Cam at that age. Was yes, he's versatile. I can line him up at a five technique, a three technique, a four technique. I mean, everywhere. I can put him at zero. I can, yeah, yeah, everything. You know, what's his best though? Yeah. You know, like there's a little bit of. Jack of all trades, master of none. But a lot of it also is late of his career. He was injured and dealing with off the field. Well, the other thing that, that does a lot of, Matt, and is this a, is this something that's bad for him or good for him? They run a lot of games up front. Right, and he's going to often be the first guy in, bring two Take to Take two with you, so and then Murphy, Murphy comes, or, or, right, comes or, around or, the end. Exactly, because yeah. I'm just freeing up the athlete. But that's going to hurt the production. Big time. Yeah. But like Cam's awesome at it. Cam's too. great at it. Right, yeah, right. I'm just going to go in and cause a mess. I'm, I'm trying to cause a three yeah, car I'm a, pile. I'm up. causing the pile up and allowing the the tow truck driver to come in around and, and get the Lamborghini the, to yeah. come in. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So no, I mean it all fits. It all yeah. fits. I just hope the medicals don't hurt them. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, that, that's interesting as we continue to get these done. Let's look at some more here. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Brice, we got uh, Keanu Benton five one three. That's a good time good, for him. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a good time for him. Um, I think he's a round two player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, might be there for the third Steeler pick. I'm not taking him at 32, I don't think, though. Yeah, these are just invites here after that. Let's see if we, if have we to refresh. refresh this page. Um, so the, this Twitter account isn't doing heights and weights. They're just giving us time. They're giving us that. what's happening right now on good, the field. Good. Okay. So, um, That's what we want. Oh, we got Coburn's second run was 5-2-7 after he did a 5-2-6, so he's – Consistent there, yeah, pretty consistent guy. there. Uh, Gerard Clark, five three zero with his second one. I know people like him. I need to do more homework on him. But yeah, there's, there's some good, uh, good prospects out there for him. Uh, looks like what's going on here with that? Oh huh? yeah, boy, I didn't turn us off here, did I? No, oh, come on. pro day then i would be happy with that i think just yep. don't run at your pro day yep absolutely uh keanu benton 516 with his second run after a 513 the mm-hmm. first time through uh cameron benton uh from mississippi state cameron benton i should say 518 okay uh still was a 492 you'll, you'll notice folks all these people's last names are at the top of the alphabet yeah because it's, it's their position group uh dante still from west virginia 492 wes there you go. It's good. good time for him. His last name is not at the top of the alphabet. It is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona State defensive lineman Nesta Jade Silvera, 5-2-1. Uh, Oklahoma, J- uh, Jalen Redman, 4-8-5. I know people are kind of excited about him, too. Yeah. I've heard a little bit of mid-round buzz. Yeah. Uh, so, Zach Pickens, we already got that one. Uh, so, yeah, so we're getting through some what, of what these. What did Pickens run? Um, oh, sorry, you just I refreshed. Just re- <laughs> I just refreshed. <laughs> the timing was brutal. 
Um, Whatever. Don't worry about yeah. it. We'll find it. Pickens, where was he at? Where was he at? Where is he? Zach Pickens, 496. Okay. That's that's good under 5 yeah. happy. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, big guys that can run. Maybe not to the level of the freak show that was there last year. No. And but, I wonder since, I don't know if you and I have talked about this since we've been here, but remember the track was incredibly fast it last was. year. It was a new track. Traditionally, that, though, this has always been a slower track. Yes. Most people do better at their pro day. And then it quickly got out with the first group or two, like, wow, this new tr- new turf that Indianapolis put down, you better run. Yeah. So now it's year two of that turf. Is that still true, or is it slower than it was a year ago? I have no clue. But that's clue, the great thing about the combine, Matt, is that everybody's running on the same track. Right. Like as that, opposed to going to Ohio State and running on the fast track there, and everybody goes, well, yeah, he ran a 4.26 at Ohio State, so yep. add a tenth of a second to that. That's what. That's how fast he is. And Max mentioned it when he came out. He said, "I think th- I forget exactly how he said it, but he said I had somewhat of a hamstring in at the combine. I decided not to run. I was just going to do it on my track. You know, yeah, great. And, and that makes perfect sense. But you only have two opportunities. And he's right. like, so I did run at Florida, but it poured the night before on an outdoor track, <laughs> and I couldn't have projected that. You know, and I still have to run no matter what. So. If you at least have one in the books, yeah, you could wake up that morning your pro day and be like, "I feel terrible. I'm not doing it." Yeah. Or, you're, you're, I wasn't happy with my run here. I'm going to give it another shot. You you're know, limiting like, your opportunities, right? There's you know? only two cracks, and you threw one crack away. You yeah. Know? So yeah, and see, I, I think I think running here should always be the case. If I was an agent, yeah, put unless, one unless the, you're one of those top guys and you just don't want to do it, mm-hmm. uh, but put one on the books and go from there. Yeah, Mo, oh, Jomo. Uh, we did five two three with the second one that was slower. Uh, Mustafa did five four eight that was a little bit slower. Okay, see with the second one uh, four seven three. Nice after even four seven eight. Yeah, the first he's time. happy with his day then. Yeah, that's six a, one and in the mid four sevens. Good for him. Good for him. That's. I it. think he's a first round pick. I think when it's all said and done, somebody's going to take him there. Yeah. I, I look at playoff teams that think, okay, I don't need him for seventy snaps. I have a pretty good D line, but I can use him for. 40, so the, the especially when we're winning the comp I, uh, because he went to Pitt. Mm. People say, "Oh, it's Aaron Donald." Not, no, that, that's, that's not terrible. fair. Right, but uh, Ed Oliver from Buffalo, on mm. the other hand, who was an undersized defensive tackle, who was a productive, that's a better pick. I mean, he was the ninth pick in the draft. Yeah, I remember the world went crazy when he ran like a four eight flat because yeah. D tackles weren't doing that then. He's that's been a, a little bit under. I mean, that's, he's that's very a better small. comp, though. He's, it's a better comp, yeah, because he is that small. These are guys that are like two eighty or less. But he gives you a little something there. There's some. There's some. Oh, he's done good things. Yeah, I don't know if the Bills are thrilled that they use a top ten pick on him. That's the thing. But you if know? you use the tw- top, if you use the twenty fifth, right? Yeah, twenty yeah, fifth yeah. pick in the draft on him, you're you're happy. Yeah, with that Oliver, no doubt. That's yeah. a, that's a good comp. Uh, Gervin Dexter, second one, four nine three, even better. Nice. Yeah. It's good for he, him. I bet he's on the Steeler radar. It took me way too long this week to ask, ask Starks about him as a Florida guy. Yeah. Um, he's a perfect one, too, to put under Cam's wing. Yeah. DJ Dale was 5-3-4 the second time around. Coburn, 5-2-7. Uh, Jared Clark, 5-3-0 the second time around. So, um, yeah, some of these guys are yeah, uh, learning more and more about these guys. Yeah. So, um, let's see if we got any new ones here. Jalen Raymond, who did a four eight five the first time, did a four eight six the second time. Okay, who's Jalen Raymond? That's He's uh, from Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Yeah. Zach Pickens, his second time around four nine eight, so he was under five both times. That's good for him. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's a mid round guy. So uh, yeah, these guys are uh, starting to uh, check off some of the boxes mm-hmm. here. We're getting a little more news around the league too. You know, I've heard a couple buzz like 
The Giants and Daniel Jones are super far away. The Giants and Saquon are super close. Evan Ingram got the franchise tag today. So there's non-combine news happening right now, too. And I think there'll be more and more in the next day or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can hear it all here on Steelers Nation Radio. And, of course, you can watch us on the Steelers YouTube channel. Um, We're here from 2 to 4 each day. Uh, This will be our last one on the YouTube channel. So we're doing three shows on the YouTube channel because, uh, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way we're doing it. That's the way we're doing it. And uh, Gerard's got to get back to Pittsburgh. That's the the big part of this. Uh, But uh, you can also get all of our other programming on demand where you listen to your favorite podcast. This week, of course, you can watch on the Steelers uh, YouTube channel as well as see all the other great videos on the YouTube channel that the Steelers put up there, including Steelers.com is hopping this week. Oh, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It yeah, yeah. As, they, as it should be. Uh, but you can do that. That's Everything's there live. Uh, this show will be up on there tonight. Um, and, and uh, you know, you can check out the previous combines. Go watch T.J. Watt's workouts mm-hmm. or go watch, uh, you know, Alex Highsmith's workouts or go back and watch that Cam Hayward workout. Goes or, it out there. Know, some of those guys that, uh, you know, the previous guys that have come through the program and done this uh, before. Uh, always fun to watch that stuff uh, and, and look and see what, what the guy looked like then and what he looks like now. Yeah, and realize you're not drafting finished products here. Like, no, well, he doesn't right. do this well. Well, he might in two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's that's just the way. That's the natural progression there. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more to finish up the show right after this. Live from Indianapolis, this is the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. The Steeler fans of Steeler media platforms are loaded with great Steelers Combine content all week long. Visit Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app to hear live and on-demand SNR audio content. Exclusive one-on-one video interviews with key decision makers and daily editorial coverage, which as soon as we're done here... I will go back and write. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the team also has great throwback uh, combine workout highlights on current Steelers for you to check out. That's all on the Steelers media platforms. Check those out. And, uh, Matt, one of the things that when we were talking with Tony Pauline, um, everybody I talk to loves Brian Branch. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Brian Branch. I can't remember if it was on the air or not, but you kind of subtly mentioned it to Greg Cosell, and yeah. he's like, oh, that's a really good player. <laughs> and then we kind of subtly mentioned it to Tony. He's like, oh, I like Brian Branch. He's my ninth-ranked player. <laughs> yeah, like the guys that have really grinded into it, no one says anything bad about them. I think some people – I think I think the, the media in general are kind of late to the party on that. Like, seems that way. I mean, you would think a Bama guy is you know, high profile, but it, it also gets a little boring at Bama. Like, oh, they got another, yeah. fourth, another Bama defensive, defensive back, back yeah. and Saban loves them, and he doesn't have anything <laughs> wrong with them, and blah, blah, you know. And I don't know that he'll blow the doors off with testing. Like, that that's not his claim to fame. And he's yeah. in a 42 inch vertical or run a 4 2. I don't care. I hope he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> right, right, right. And you do see, like Tony mentioned, he's like, hey, I mocked him to the Jets. And, you know, there's a lot of potential. A guy like that, has, which is one of the reasons you've been a proponent I think he's of the double. He's a double, right. Yeah. And so many teams could use that. Like, yeah. You're like, well, we'll just set, – settle's the wrong word, but we'll just take Brian Branch here. You know, yeah. The number one position we were after didn't work out, so we'll take him because we like him a lot, and he's really good. Yeah. So that, no, that's just him. me. Yeah, um, you know, maybe uh, we'll see how NFL teams feel about that. I know when I, when, when I had uh, 
when I was doing the show earlier with uh, Jerry Dulac, he likes uh, Jair out of uh, Penn State. I do too. Which I, I, I mean, do. they're a different level, right? Right. Uh, but he, Jerry thinks that you know Jair Brown will be the uh, number one safety, and I'm like, I don't know, uh, about, I don't uh, know about that, Jerry. No, <laughs> I mean, if we're calling Branch a safety, he's going ahead of Brown. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. Now, this is going to be your your nemesis, though, Breesy. Both killer bees are on the board. Ooh, that's tough. I know. So in that instance, and there I'm, is another position. They're clearly your two top. They're I two mean, top, and both are there. Yes, I probably take the defensive lineman. I would too, just because of position scarcity, and I kind of think a safety slot is a bit more of a luxury than yeah. a D lineman. I mean, if I if that's the case, and I can get, I have to take Sidney Brown in the second round. Third, or, or yeah. yeah, or maybe you don't even need a safety. You might already have one, Matt. You know, so, how, so I'm listening to uh, to Sidney Brown since I brought him up from Illinois, and one of the questions to him today was, "Well, a lot of people compare you to Troy Polamalu." <laughs> <laughs> a little rough, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we're going to compare. You know, hit this guy. To, to, I mean, that's tough. Oh, it's brutal. I, I mean. I always make the joke like, "Who's he remind you of?" Lawrence Taylor, Jim Brown. <laughs> it's kind of so. It's, right. it's it's like the thing when people talk about, well, I, you know, in another lifetime, I was this. They never pick. I was a peasant in the village. <laughs> right, it's right, always right. I was, you know, Marie Antoinette in another life. Yeah, or, you know, whatever it may be. Got stepped on. Yeah, right, right, I was right. the, I was the king of France. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So good. Yeah, pattern your game after Troy Paul, and actually Branch mentioned Troy and Cam Chancellor yeah. on the podium too. I, I'm all for players looking at great players right. or Pickett looking at Burrow and say, I can do some of those things. Yeah. I'm going to pattern my game after him. Sure. But for any of us to say. To comp them to those guys. Right. Like, like I'm high on myself tough. too, but come on, man. <laughs> you, you know, right? If you're not as good as Troy, then you were a bust. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's just. Brown had a great senior bowl, though. I think yeah. it fit him really well with the Steelers. But I think he's a third. Maybe the late second. I think he could be a second. Yeah, and probably will test well. Yeah, he's rocked up and rocked high, up high and character. can play in the slot, can play in the box, can play deep. There's a lot of those guys out there. Yeah, because that, that's what the college game's asking them to do. Has he been pretty proficient in the slot? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure on that. I know he did some of it at Senior Bowl, but okay, that's interesting. That boosts his stock a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, the same thing with with Brown. Penn State played him in the, mm-hmm. you know, some in the slot. So I mean, that's. Kind of what you're looking for. Branch isn't the only one, right? Yeah, you know, and as is the case with all I just positions. think Branch is way better than all those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, his ability to blitz, his ability to play safety like a corner, as Tony said. Right. He said you're not going to lose anything. That's a great yeah. way of putting it. You know, as opposed, but he's still a safety and he's still right. playing the run or blitzing or whatever, taking on guards or you know. So, I, I also put a lot of stock in him being Saban's guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a that's high high praise from that organization, that head coach, that guy's defensive back background. I mean, anyone can bust. I mean, there's been oh, he's got no chance of busting. Anyone can bust. Right, but that's just the reality. It's just a lot of trampolines to bounce back from if you go down. You know what I mean? For yeah. all those things. So no, I'm I'm high on them too. Does it mean more in the scouting world for a guy to be a multi-year starter at a place like Bama? As, oh, a, yeah. as opposed to being a four-year starter at you know, Texas U or yeah, Texas absolutely. Texas Directional U. See, I think it's unfair. I'm not avoiding your question, but I think it's unfair if you hold not being a multi-year starter. Yeah. If you're at Georgia, if you're at Bama, I love Pitt, but I always I pick on them because yeah. they're local. Go but, ahead. But you should probably be more than a one-year starter at Pitt or yeah, you know, most schools. But, well, here's a better example. 
the when we filled out a scouting report for the Browns, which was stolen directly from Ozzie Newsom's Ravens, <laughs> Phil Savage, you know, no yeah. one made any bones about it. The first thing you wrote on that scouting report, two-year starter or two-and-a-half-year starter or one-year starter but was used on third downs the year before. Yeah. And, and then – the, the good scouts would would explain that. And yeah, say, why? Why right, was he one that? year starter at Bama, but Will Anderson was above, right. a year above, above him before, or, but was behind Lawrence Taylor, right? Yeah. <laughs> or I think the case with Sanders, who's at Arkansas, was an edge rusher at Bama, yeah, but transferred because Will Anderson and whoever next year's first round pick were there, so yeah. he went to Arkansas and played more. So explain it. There's context involved with all those right, things. Right. But to your point, two year starter at Bama, then you go, oh, this guy should be a high pick. Yeah. No matter what, you know, like two-year starter Bama, high pick. Yeah, because so, he was there with a bunch of other five-star recruits, and he was the best mm-hmm. of those guys. So, there's But a, then how does a guy like a, like a Levi Wallace fall through the the cracks? How was, many years was, did he start? Was, a, mean, walk on, on, was right. a walk-on at Alabama, was a two-year starter at Alabama. He was a two-year starter. And then doesn't get drafted. I remember he didn't test great. But he was he a is skinny. multi-year starter at Alabama. At stud school. That's a great question. And he didn't get drafted, huh? Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, and he's gone on to have a great career. And he's overcome odds as yeah. an undrafted, as a walk-on. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's surprising because those guys never get overlooked. Right. You're, you're playing at Alabama. You won a national championship, and mm-hmm. you were a starter and on a national scout, championship No team. scout didn't go in there. <laughs> right. And he's on the list. I mean, the, Every the, NFL GM is probably at the national championship game watching that. And everyone watched the game yeah. on, on All-22 without question, of course. Right. That's no, just, that's that, that boggles my mind that, that he somehow was a walk-on at the most prestigious. At the, when they were winning national championships, mm-hmm. he was a walk-on. Right. Earned his scholarship was a starter in a secondary that, you know, Marlon Humphrey and, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. He's starting along next to those guys and then doesn't get drafted. I, I mean, I would bet Bam when, when teams game-planned for Bama, they were like, oh, this is a nightmare. Of course, this defense, where do we do? I guess we'll pick on Wallace. I mean, was pro- I'm guessing it was probably a lot of the – we're just, game plan. We're not even going to try to throw the ball because well, we don't want to throw at that guy. We <laughs> yeah. don't want to throw at that guy. So on third and eight, let's go his direction. But I don't recall him allowing a lot of production or right. you know being the weak link you know by any means. Yeah. One national championship. Yeah, I just it, I don't try to explain I, it away. I I don't get it. I mean, right. uh, you know, again, I, I think you look. It's at, easy to miss on guys. You look at production, and I get the you know his body type, but he's got the long arms, and he's mm-hmm. got everything that you look for in a cornerback, and he doesn't play weak. Right, I mean, he's, he's a, a good tackler guy. on the edge, you know. And I assume he did this at Bama, but I think he was a pretty good special teamer too. Yeah, so I mean, he has a special team mentality, running down on you know punts and things like that. I don't so, know. That's a good question. It's just baffling to me. So guys do get overlooked in this process all the time. Yeah, which is really important with the undrafted group. You know, if you give those guys a fair shake, and some teams do more than others, I think the Steelers have proven to be really good at that. Those guys you bring in are important because they're going to get a lot of your assistant coach's time. Well, and, and to my point, for, we were talking about this uh, in, the, in the first segment um, with Max. I was talking about this with Max and Jerry. Because this draft is so deep at so many positions, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some really good undrafted, undrafted free agents this year. Yeah, and maybe those two sevenths are a little more valuable than they used to be, you know, because yeah. you know, you know, it's if, a little bit deeper group. You may be able to get a tight end that in most years – would be a fifth-round draft pick. That's a perfect position. And this year he goes undrafted because, again, how many teams are going to take tight ends in the draft? As I say, if there's 32 teams, how many are truly 
top three or four needs are tight end. Yeah. And the Steelers probably aren't even one of them either. Yeah. Maybe half a league. Maybe. Yeah. And so some of them will get shut out. Some of the, the And if there's as many prospects as our team's looking for them, they're not going to match up completely. Right. You know, so, you know, I think that's a perfect position. Um, the one thing I've noticed about this draft, too, is – there's a lot of what used to be overaged guys too. You know, like boy, I like this guy. This is he's already of, 25. He's already 25, and it's back to the BYU conversation. If he's 25 playing against 20 year olds, he should be really good. And that was a knock you on Pickett I mean? last year. The quarterback's, but I, a quarterback's different. Yeah, quarterback. I don't yeah. care because I don't. I don't think it shortens their NFL life. Um, sure, he was better as a 25-year-old than a 24-year-old at Pitt or whatever it was. He was 23, 23. Yeah, and yeah, turning yeah. 24. So that, that certainly benefited him, and it was part of, probably part of his Pitt breakout. But these overage guys, to me, are a bit of a red flag in that you should be better than the 19-year-old you're playing against. And I, and I think with the NIL stuff, I yeah. think we saw fewer underclassmen declare this year. Because they, they can stay right, in school yeah. and make you know make – Someone last night said they're def- that definitely is true. Yeah. There was fewer than ever. So NIL, all the transfers, COVID, super seniors. These last two classes have been really it's, weird. It's, it, it's the really transfer weird. stuff has been. I mean, you know, just talking with with uh, with Christian Gonzalez for example mm-hmm. earlier today. Yeah. He was he was initially a Purdue recruit. Ended he up committed to Purdue. Yeah, ended up going to Colorado instead. Then mm-hmm. transfers after two years of Colorado to Oregon, and now he's in the draft. Yeah, you know, so it's a lot of change. How do you look at that? Not to mention, who vouches for you at the schools? That's too. the other thing. You know, like, like, of course, your latest school was going to tell you, but they only knew him for a year. They didn't recruit him when he was seven. Yeah, they haven't years known old. him since. Right. He, yeah, right. That's strange. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of being a pit was I met this kid when he came to camp when he was sixteen. You recruit him. He finally commits. You hug him. Congratulations. His family's thrilled. Everyone's wearing pit gear. You bring him here, and he quickly realizes we don't love you as much as yeah, you said. Yeah, all right, meathead. <laughs> you know all I mean? that stuff we told you before. And then three years later, you're looking at him. He put on 20 pounds. He's getting drafted. It's yeah. like, good for you. What, what a great yeah. story, you know. But that doesn't happen anymore. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough, and, you know, I think it makes scouting more difficult. Yeah, I think so, too. You know? You know, if you have this great in at a school, and that in that the, the person tells you, yeah, we love him. He played great, but we, I, I've only known the kid for a year yeah. or eight months. Or, or whatever, I, you right? know, do you, do you call that guy up? Well, he was here, but then he transferred. Why did he transfer? Yeah, I mean, what happened? And now I'm mad at him too. Yeah. You know, now, yeah. do you trust that? Do you trust that information that right. you're getting from that guy? Because well, he left us. I'm, I'm we also, broke up. I'm, yeah, right. You I'm know? not suggesting. I have no clue if they would or not, but. They're not going to be as warm and fuzzy with them as it was before. You right, left. yeah. Right. You're not going to get the same <laughs> right. love. Um, That's interesting. I mean, just these last two years, I'd love to talk to a bunch of scouts and be like, how's the world changed in these two years? Or post-COVID, I guess. Yeah. You know, because it definitely has. Well, the scouting itself has changed. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the COVID stuff changed scouting dramatically because you couldn't have the personal con- contact. In terms of what you were allowed to do right. as a scout. Right. But I'm even talking about six-year seniors and stuff like that, too. It never existed. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask uh, Omar Khan about that, and I've, it just completely slipped my mind mm-hmm. when we were on the air, um, you know, how that affects the draft process. I would think, I mean, if, if, if you're looking at apples to apples and you've got a 24-year-old prospect and you're comparing them to a 21-year-old prospect and it's close – or the same, you right. take the younger guy. You definitely take the younger guy. Yeah. I mean, because he'll be more valuable after his first contract. And he did it. 
he he probably has more developing to do. Right. There's physically. still there's still more meat on the bone there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Steelers have traditionally taken those younger guys. Of course, of course. When you you know when they're when you're picking twenty down, mm-hmm. you're taking guys more based on what you're projecting they're going to be in three years. Yeah. As opposed to if you're drafting in the top ten. Right. Those guys, you know what they are right now. If you're a playoff team and you don't need him, I can work him in slow. But he's going to be more valuable after contract one than the guy that's three years older than him, which is almost always the case. Yeah. You know, I mean, just as we investigate free agency now, there'll be a lot of red flags. Yeah, but he's already 28, you know, right. after the first contract. It's like, okay, well, maybe here's a two-year deal, not a three-year deal. Or right. whatever, yeah. right. It and affects, less money. It affects that uh, long-term mm-hmm. prognostication with that. That's why, you know, a guy like James Daniels was so – yeah, attractive right. last year in free agent. He's still 24, but he's already spent four years in the league. And if you're the from the player's perspective, you have a chance to sign three legit three contracts, yeah. right? You know, your rookie deal plus two good ones, and then maybe the one year deals after that, like everybody yeah. else. You know, so it's interesting. It's a big deal. It's all yeah. part of the the you know the chess game that's being played here, putting mm-hmm. that puzzle together as you uh, get through the draft. Uh, but Matt, that's going to do it for our show today and for our shows here. On YouTube, we do appreciate if you've been watching yeah, these fun shows. Wrinkle, yeah, yeah, we like this. This was fun. Maybe we'll do this again. Uh, who knows? Uh, we'll see where <laughs> Gerard's over there shaking his head. <laughs> Gerard doesn't want to do this anymore. But uh, hey, it's been fun. We've enjoyed doing this uh, video portion of this as well. And of course, we will be back tomorrow on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, that will be our final day of uh, all of draft coverage here. Uh, again, starting at 9 a.m. with Wesley Euler and taking us all the way through. Uh, to 4 o'clock with Matt and myself. Uh, But that's going to do it for our show today. So, for my partner Matt Williamson, for CJ back in studio keeping us on the air, I am Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.